What's up and welcome to another MoGraph MoCast. I'm Dave. I'm Jags and joining us today is Ellie Wade from Maxon.net. What's up everyone? And MoGraph is a supplement to our site, MoGraph.com, which is a motion graphics tutorial site with tutorials, plugins, podcasts, and other MoGraph stuff. And on the show, we talk about everything ranging from motion graphics to Cinema 4D, After Effects, plugins, render engines, doing business, doing taxes, being a contractor, or working for the man. You can email us, info at MoGraph.com. Let us know what you think about the show. Questions, comments, concerns, queries, grievances, artists, suggestions, show topic ideas. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and all the things. You can find us everywhere, kind of. Uh, mostly on MoGraph.com and YouTube. You can find the schedule info there. We don't post much on the socials right now. Kind of scaled back on that a little bit. Um, and uh, uh, you'll notice that Matt is not here today. Uh, that is because he's on vacation at Disney World. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe he'll send us a little hello in the, in the text chat or something and say hi um, or something. But I don't know. But we didn't have a show last week because it was the 4th of July. And I didn't want to miss two weeks in a row because I am actually also on vacation right now. But, uh, you know, didn't want to miss two weeks in a row. So here we are. And uh, another thing I've got to mention here is that uh, the studio here is based out of Texas. And uh, Texas doesn't always have the most reliable power grid. So... Uh, it has been warned that after 2 o'clock today, it may get a little hairy with the power and the rolling blackouts, possibly. So um, there's possibility it could happen during the show. So I don't know. We have enough backup power to last us a couple minutes if that does happen on all the things. So it'll be just enough for us to say, well, I think we got to get out of here <laughs> and, uh, and goodbye. So uh, if that happens, we'll let you know. Otherwise, uh, we'll move forward. Uh, no big announcements or anything this week. Uh, it is the usual summer lull. I feel like we always kind of say that, you know, during the summer. We're just always kind of waiting for Seagraph to happen so we can see what the new things are going on. Um, one announcement that I do know of uh, is there was a surprise update to Cinema 4D uh, 26.1. So... Uh, I, I have been so over my head in work, I don't even know what is in it. I have not had a chance to look. Maybe we can talk about that real quick. I'm, I'm yeah, assuming we can Ellie, take that. it away. Yeah, you probably know better than we do, but I don't know. Do you know? I don't know. I I know a little bit, yeah. Right. Yeah, so 26.1 came with a bunch of, sort of updates to Cinema 4D. And yeah, I'll also talk about the Redshift ones as well, because as you guys yeah. know, like Redshift is very near and dear to my heart. Yeah. So we have new curvature options for fields. So we can now use like the object's curvature inside fields to define like fall-offs, color of clones alignment all of that really cool oh, stuff okay which is yeah nice and nice and powerful we have new beveling in um like volume in the volume builder so we've got one improved performance and two we can now control uh, the smoothness of our boolean based on radius which is quite nice we get okay. some nice smoothing of those like boolean effects in the volume builder mm -hmm. a a big one as, as we know, uh, you know, when we went to NAB, I did a, a thing on rope simulations. Well, now yeah. cloth and rope, the new cloth and rope sims can be influenced and controlled by fields and field forces, mm. which is very, 
powerful if that's the kind of stuff you're into which i'm very much into like dynamic simulation mograph i love combining those things to get really fun quick results we I also do remember have, hearing about that there's like like if you had like a cloth sim going and you wanted like part of your cloth sim to like fall off and not doing do anything you can you can do that is that basically what what it is like if yeah, you said, so you know, it can be. Yeah. So we could have. So the, in, you know, in the same way that like field forces can affect and control particles, you could use the field force to control yeah. your simulations to create more interesting looking animation. Yeah. Oh, there's Matt. He says there's a Matt. Hi to everyone from Disney World. See, there he is, right on cue. Go get hey, a Matt. lightsaber, hey, Matt. <laughs> yeah. What else? What else they got? So we've got new performance for new new and improved node UI sort of performance and appearance and sort of like interacting with our nodes, which is which is really lovely, especially mm -hmm. for like Redshift nodes inside of there. We can now edit existing capsules inside of the object manager directly. So we do oh. edit asset as group. So if you're used to working with um, capsules, you can now do that directly in the object manager. And, and another big one is if you're used to working with assets, so the asset browser, there are some amazing new surface imperfections and HDRI images and Redshift materials. So I know where I do a lot of kind of live workshops, people ask mm. for Redshift asset materials. We now have them. Awesome. So it's a big, so yeah, 26.1 is a big one. And then just to talk a little bit about the Redshift stuff is we also have now Boca, so depth of field in Redshift RT. We have improved performance for Redshift CPU and black body temperature controls in volume shading. Which oh, okay. is nice That's and great. Yeah, great, really nice, like yeah. smoke and fire, like temperature mm. colors. Yeah, awesome. so, very so it's cool. a pretty. It's yeah, it's not just like the service pack anymore. It's a it's a very big, yeah, point one release. Yeah, see, I'm I'm not much of a Redshift person, um, as everybody probably knows. So I'm not very aware of when this stuff comes out, what it what it is exactly. So um, glad you have that update because I definitely don't because I am just. I, I'm over my head to the point where I don't even update my octane enough. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just I'm just trying to get projects out the door and get through the summer. Yeah. And, um, but like that that's really cool. I don't know if that's like is that a have they said is that a regular thing now that Maxon's going to do or is was this just because they just wanted to get these features out or? Oh, I don't know how much I can say. Check, but I know NDA. <laughs> yeah, check my... Uh, I know it's... In this case, it was things that I think they wanted to have done that perhaps weren't done for the initial 26. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, now these point releases are going to be quite substantial yeah. releases with some really great additions as opposed to just like it has its normal regular bug fixes as well so right. that, that's sort of like the stuff i didn't talk about but that's a given as we know like bug fixes every every point release anyway but yeah this comes with some really massive stuff which i think is pretty exciting for like the future of point releases mm -hmm. <laughs> so what is your official title i don't think i know so my official title is trainer and 3d workflow specialist okay and what does that, that entail the, exactly 
What's your What's your day to day? My day to day is a lot of live training. So if anyone's seen any of like the Max on Train Team YouTube channel, we do a lot of live shows, workshops, webinars, whatever you want to kind of title them. And we have particular series. So we do like demystifying post-production, mm -hmm. which is Mondays. For me, they're 5 p.m. till 6 p.m., which I think is like 9 a.m. Pacific. Mm -hmm. And the idea of that is we do a different topic every month. So at the moment we're doing particles and it's particles across a whole range. So I literally jumped uh, from the demystifying session today here and we had Bob Ormsley from Insidium. Mm -hmm. So we we're doing particle stuff in X particles and they're also going to look at Houdini. We looked at native cinema. And so that is one of the series we then do. I do a lot of hands on with Maxon which is, it's more of like a workshop that's run over four or six weeks. And at the moment I'm doing what's called a C4D level up with my good friend, Matt. And it's sort of a lead on from our beginners workshop and each session is two hours long. So we get to really dive into the different tools. We do a whole load of Q&A because uh, they're all live. These are all live sessions. Right. So we get the benefit of interacting with our wonderful audience and our wonderful kind of people that come and choose to spend that time with us live. Um, and then we do some YouTube live streams. So Max does Max on Color, which is a lot to do with color management. He had Cullen Kelly last week going and it's through max all, like the on stuff. color not max on Ma color yes max it's not max on, on color. color max yeah. space on color. <laughs> right <laughs> which yeah. was i thought a really a really clever play on words yeah. and we do our ask the trainer as well and then vfx and chill mm -hmm. you know we have such a such a range like the whole team are incredible to putting on almost like daily live streams or kind of workshops and whatever so that's that's yeah. probably what takes up a lot of my day-to-day -day role mm -hmm. um prepping for those planning hosting attending them um and it's then a lot you y'all go for like <laughs> a long time on those streams for hours yes we do yeah a lot of prep. yeah so yeah so it is it is a lot of prep but I mean, we've got, as you know, we've got an amazing team and a whole wide range of not just like the Max on Training team, but we have amazing guests. So like Dustin, um, Valkama, you have Lionel, VC Domini, um, Anna Carolina. They all like these amazing like ZBrush artists or Redshift artists or Cinema 40 artists. They come on these shows with us and they just take it to like the next level. And so we do have a whole range of of help with the amazing team and the amazing people that want to join in. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that is, that's like the largest part of my job. And then I do sort of custom training. So we have what are called like volume or teams customers. So if you have a certain number of licenses, you're entitled to free training mm -hmm. with like one of, one of our trainers. And so that is part of my job. Do sort of like one-to-one -one or one-to-five or one-to-ten. Uh, and they say, hey, we want to learn about MoGraph. We want to learn about Redshift. And so I will plan an entire session, whether it's one hour or two hours, uh, specifically for them, which is, yeah. And then the rest of it is just learning, learning new tools, new features that I can't talk about. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's sort yeah. of all of those things encompass uh, my job and events as well. Cool. Now, hopefully, I have a question. Hopefully, my, my mic is good. Somebody said that my uh, 
my volume was down. I realized my compressor was accidentally turned off, so hopefully I sound better now. Uh, your question, Jags. Go, go uh, for it. So, Ellie, I, when we were at NAB, you said that you used to coach soccer, and now you coach Cinema 4D, so to speak. <laughs> Do those skills carry over teaching athleticism to teaching art and art tools? Um, It's... It's different in the sense is it's a completely different thing, you know, like coaching people how to like but the 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 active side of things versus the technical side. And I think everyone can probably agree that I am not the most technical person, but I think when it comes to having potentially, I don't know, like the the confidence to to teach someone and, and know how to perhaps explain something in a way where someone who doesn't understand it can pick it up i guess those are transferable skills so i've coached like the youngest age group i've coached is under eights and so they're like six and seven years old and so you really have to think of a way that this particular age group are going to understand what i'm saying versus if i was talking to an under 18 group who are 16 they're 17 those are the different things and it's the same when you're doing when you're training someone in anything so if you're training someone in cinema 4d if they're completely brand new i need to if they're completely brand new to cinema or 3d i need to think of how i'm going to teach these tools mm-hmm. to someone who doesn't have any experience or knowledge in the industry uh, versus someone who would and i like that because i was one of those people that had no experience mm-hmm. so i i like so yeah i guess they have their differences but it i guess it definitely would have helped me out especially at the start of training well you figure that like you know it would be easy for an ai to do that kind of thing right (laughs) yes they just programmed (laughs) me yeah (laughs) so the 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 joke was that in it was like the 26 intro video like with the features right Mm -hmm. wasn't that the video uh when we were at nab Yes, when it came the out. spring the spring launch. So I yeah. was I was asked to be part of the spring launch, and part of that was to do a you know, two to three minute recording on said piece of software. Which for me, I was doing the Redshift, and I was doing it here. And I had kind of like I've got like a blackout blind. I had like the lights on, and for some reason, people were I don't know whether because like my lip sync was slightly out or or the LED lights. People were adamant that it was an AI, yeah. and I feel like after the first like 10 seconds like if you watch the youtube live stream the comments were amazing and we all we all watch it because you know it's we want to be part of it want to hear and see people's first reactions and i feel like as soon as that comment was made no one listened to the remaining right two minutes and 15 seconds it's just all ai convo after that (laughs) it was oh yeah yeah and then I, i don't know whether like initially it was like a joke comment but then it was like hang on is this actually is she actually an AI? And yeah. I was thinking, if people think I'm that good at, like, cinema, I'm taking it. <laughs> <laughs> you were... You, well, I think it was a combo of, like, your lighting and, like, it's like the video. Sometimes in the video is almost, like, too crisp. It, it mm-hmm. will almost look fake, you know? Kind of like... Um, you know, you see all the flat earthers that say, oh, look, that's just green screen <laughs> because something just has too clean of a line on it or something, you know? Yeah. I guess that's why they thought that, but yeah, you know. But as think, you can see, yeah. I am a real normal person. I am not an AI. <laughs> well, maybe when 
you know, you can right click on just about anything in cinema and say show help. You know, maybe they need to figure out an AI way to do that. You know, to where you just pop up and then and then you and just tell get you the info. tell you yeah. what this button does. <laughs> yeah, you just read it. Should you do that as a feature request? Yeah, I mean, 20, this could also be. A, yeah, come on, Rick. Could also be a, a situation where Ellie is programmed to tell us that she is a real person, and we're really right. just talking to a metahuman. And mm-hmm. I want to know who who rigged this because this looks so good. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Google. Um, but let's. I, I know that that uh, Jags, you really want to talk about uh, the Halo stuff, VFX and chill. But mm-hmm. real quick, real quick. But not really quick. Uh, let's let's talk about your background and let's talk about like how you ended up at Maxon and everything in the first place. Um, did you go to school for this, or, or how, how did you end up in this? Okay, so I love and hate telling this story because it really outs me for having zero professional background. <laughs> Uh, So, no, I didn't go to school or college or university for any kind of art or creative thing. Mm -hmm. So in school, so for me, I'm like school being, you know, yeah, I'm thinking, oh, let's do ages, ages so people in America know. Um, So up to the age of 16, I was doing like normal GCSEs and they were just like, you know, sport. I did history. I did a bit of art. And then we have 16 to 18 is what we call sick form. And in sick form, you can choose like a select number of courses, like three or four, and you mm-hmm. do them for two years and you get what we would call an A-level. And I did photography, art, music technology. So sort of like Cubase, ProLogic, that kind of cool stuff. Um, was it that? And yeah, sport. Those were my four. And those are like, like my highest qualifications. I, at 18, I, I left school and I got a job in like a retail hardware store <laughs> called Homebase. And That's I, random. yeah. I, yeah. So I worked there when I was, got a job at 16 and I was sort of like doing part time shift, you know, like a Friday night and a Saturday, my spare time out of, out of school. Computer um, hardware or like like lawnmower? No, hardware? like DIY, DIY like yeah. building like drills and wood and things yeah. like that. <laughs> so as you can tell, I had loads of experience at 16 on that. <laughs> um, yeah, and at 18, they, they were sort of like, oh, you can have like a full-time job here and, you know, be operations manager in charge of stock and that. And I thought, oh, okay. At that point, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I kind of liked sport kind of liked being creative kind of liked music but there was no or not that I was aware of I didn't really know of like the next step and so I thought you know what someone said someone's gonna pay me full-time money cool I'm gonna have full-time money and so I never actually went to university fast forward a couple years like I don't know what four years later perhaps I'm about like 22 and I'm working as a regional sports coordinator basically i was going into schools i was doing sport lessons i was doing football coaching all of that stuff but that was a lot of driving around it was a lot of kind of evenings and and weekends and i thought you know what no let's try and find something that's a bit more of like a normal day-to-day monday to friday job um had two dogs at the time so i needed to find somewhere that was 
near enough for me to be able to go and walk the dogs, look mm-hmm. after the dogs at lunch. So I did, you know, what standard 22-year-old would do with no qualifications, entered like a job site and just hit within a five-mile radius. So I entered nothing in the search bar, five-mile radius. And like the top thing was this sales job at Maxon. Didn't know what Maxon huh. was. At no point in the job description does it say anything to do with being creative, 3D right. software. It just says sales experience. And I thought, okay, well, I've worked in retail. Technically, that's sales experience, right? <laughs> so I applied for this job. Um, somehow got an interview and remember walking in to this incredible, like, really lovely, like, house-looking office. Like, from the outside, you'd think it was just a really nice, nice house. Uh, walked in and they had movie posters all around and I thought okay maybe it's just like a cool aesthetic maybe they, they're just there for whatever reason and a guy called Liam Stacey who was the UK regional manager at, t- at the time put me brought me into his office sat me down and was like okay what do you know about like Maxon and Cinema 4D and <laughs> my advice to people is to research the company before you go probably because I was idea. like I was like I don't know like I don't know what this is and so he showed me the showreel before we even had a conversation and I remember at the end of it so this was like 2015 so he showed me the 2015 showreel and at the end of the showreel I was like I absolutely am not leaving this room without this job (laughs) I was like I didn't even know this is what I wanted to do I was like but this is what I want to do Mm -hmm. and he gave me the job which like thank you so wow. much because clearly he changed my life and I have no idea why he gave me the job because as we all know now I have no experience <laughs> <laughs> but you, which I don't mind saying <laughs> but you were going to start though doing sales though right so yes. is, is that what you started with how did you end up doing actual training yes so yeah so so my first I think my first couple of years I was doing I was yeah doing sales like selling the software like answering emails answering calls all of that kind mm-hmm. of traditional stuff that, that a lot of companies have to do but in the spare time Liam was like you know what teach yourself he was like look you've got art photography music tech background he's like teach yourself the software it will help when it comes to selling it right it was 100% right it yeah. did help when it came to selling it mm-hmm. because you can talk a bit about it to like the studios and the artists and I did uh, the old getting started series you know when you create the rocket um, have you guys seen it on Cinevacity? You sort of like create uh, the create the rocket. I don't. I've come across it. So that was yeah, that was the original. It. Yeah. So now we have like EJ's like amazing like fishbowl submarine uh, getting started series. But the old right. one was yeah th- this this sort of like rocket that you build. And I remember I sort of got about like four episodes in, and I was like, this is so cool. Like this is so amazing. So all of my spare time that wasn't like selling because there was about three there were three of us who were in sales so as you can imagine my kind of like eight or nine hours of my day wasn't entirely filled with selling every minute and so at any point I could I was yeah inside of Cinema 4D watching uh, Grace Gorilla tutorials mm-hmm. I was on YouTube um, 3D Fluff as well um, I'm trying to think of 3D Fluff yeah, I'm trying to think of all the others. EJ, I mean, of course, of course EJ, yeah. Cineversity, all those mm-hmm. guys that like I now sort of like see sometimes in person events, and I'm like, oh, oh my god, this is yeah. mad, <laughs> because they genuinely are the people that I learned from. And eventually, I think sort of like in between then selling, 
I, after like maybe a couple of years, they were like, okay, why don't you start doing tutorials for the Maxon UK um, YouTube? And I was like, yeah, sure. Did a couple for Cineversity. And then when we merged, I'm going to get my years wrong. Mm-hmm. When we merged with Red Giant, so we did the merger back mm-hmm. in... 20, 20, December 2019-ish. December 2019, is that right? Was right, it before the, right before the pandemic. Yeah, right. So literally, yeah, yeah, right bang before the pandemic, we merged with Red Giant. And I got an email from Paul Bab amazing mm-hmm. guy head of marketing at mm-hmm. Maxon introducing me to Simon Walker who is now the current director of training yeah. who was doing all the training Red Giant and I think it was like it was like hey Simon meet Ellie you're going to want her in your team <laughs> best regards end of anything and I was like what? what's <laughs> what's going on and that was literally my intro to being a trainer from that email I then became a full time trainer it's so weird like I it was the same thing for me, like being at an ad agency, watching the the Maxon presentations and seeing like all these people up there, like Matthias and EJ, and now they're like best. We're like best buds, you know what I mean? Like because you, when you don't hang out with these people, you you have you know you have no idea. Like I, I kind of like I'm like oh Nick Campbell and all these people. Like it's so it's so weird because you then meet them and you feel like you can't approach them because it's like they're superstars and then you realize yeah. like they're totally cool and totally like you know what i mean they're like yeah. totally awesome and you mm-hmm. know uh y- you become friends and then like everybody in the community is so accepting you don't feel that feeling of like oh i can't go talk to them anymore because mm-hmm. you realize that when you meet them you know they put, their le- they put their pants on two legs at a time, just like everybody else. Hey, this is Dave. I just wanted to stop for a moment and thank our sponsor, Otoy, the creators of Render Network and, of course, Octane. But I don't have to tell you that. You know who they are. You see the results of their render engine all over the interwebs. And we're very grateful that they're supporting what we're doing at MoGraph.com from this podcast to MoGraph TV to events like local meetups and Camp MoGraph and all our community building efforts. We can't wait to show you what's in store, all thanks to their support. Go check them out at otoy.com. Now back to the madness. Nothing? Yeah, okay. no, I definitely, uh, yeah, I definitely, like, felt that when I went to NAB Vegas, like, earlier this year, mm-hmm. uh, that was, it was, like, the first time I was meeting a lot of people, and, and Maxon people, for the first time. And, yeah, I remember sort of, like, seeing, like, all these, like, amazing artists, and I was like, oh, like, I don't want to go and say hi to them. And then by, like, day three, like, we're all just, like, hanging in the casino, or, like, having drinks. And I was like, yay. Yeah. Or, or even, but of just course, super friendly. Beeple, you know, for example, the best example of that, you know, everybody thinks that he's unapproachable, you know, but like he's totally cool and, and totally yeah. awesome to hang out with and just like all of us. And um, I think it's really cool, though, that that being in sales, you you went through that process to learn. I, I see that in a lot of people. I mean, like, look at Kevin Rupp, for example. You know, it was kind of the same thing. Came on to do social media, and now he's like making his own NFTs, and you know, yeah. owns a board ape, and all of that fun stuff. You know, um, but one of the, this is a there was a there's a story. I'm not sure if I've told it on the show before, but uh, we were at a booth, I think, at NAB East at one point, and uh, Paul was sitting there working on some stuff, and you know, he's there to talk to people and. There's a guy who came up 
like a lot of people do at these trade shows and they they are salespeople like for anything right like sales is what they do so they'll come around and give a card oh if you need anything just let me know and this one guy comes up he's like he was like hey i do sales i can sell anything and I, I and I, I don't want to get the story. Wrong. I, I may not have this exactly right, but Paul says something along the lines of, "Okay, well, what do you know about our product?" You know, he's like, "It doesn't matter. I can sell anything." And Paul was like, "Yeah, it probably helps if you know if you know our product, though." And and, and it's true. Like Paul knows the product. You know, he may mm-hmm. not be like a. He's not Beeple. Of course, none of us are Beeple, but he knows the product so that he can talk about the product, and it's really important. And like that's. That's one of the special things about Maxon when people are always asking me, you know, why should I go with Cinema 4D over something else? Like, um, I always talk about the community, I talk about the support, and I, I talk about the people. And that's that's really what it is. You know, it's people who actually care about the, what they're doing. It's They're not pulling Joe Blow off the street and saying, hey, uh, we need you to just, you know, hit these numbers. We don't care. You just need to sell it. It you have to. You don't have to know it, but it's better if you do know it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I like. I agree. The the community feel at Maxon and the surrounding kind of uh, people and groups and community around uh, this entire sort of company are all just everyone I meet. I'm like, I love this person. This person's great. That mm-hmm. person's great, and that truly is the way that i think it is at maxon everyone that i've met we recently did our sort of like a full company get together in mm-hmm. germany bunch of people meeting for the first time and i met so i met like jonas who i've worked with for a number of years mm-hmm. at maxon we've both been here for sort of like seven a bit years i met him for the first time i speak to this guy every single day yeah and we kind of like like, 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 he got up from there was like a beach bar, and it got up as I arrived, and we just like ran, and we just like hugged each other because we feel like we all know each other, and I think that's that's the case for like the wider sort of um, teams as well inside of Maxon, but yeah, especially just like meeting people for the first time, they are exactly how you thought they would be, and yeah, yeah, it's it's been great. Yeah, that's how it was. Like, especially with, uh, I mean, well, Jags with you and and with Winbush, you know, we were working with Winbush. Winbush had a course, still has a course on MoGraph.com, and like, we hadn't even met each other in person ever. It's so weird, like, uh, the way that technology, but I guess the pandemic has like kind of like accelerated that. People doing business over the internet and never even meeting each other in real life. It's so weird, you know. Um, so uh, let's talk about let's talk about this episode of VFX and Chill because I know Jags is like dying to get into this. He has so many questions, and we have a thing about the show where before we get on and before we go live, like we don't talk about any of the things we're going to talk about because if we do, it's never as good the second time around. So Jags has been like holding back to ask about this so i'll let you take it from here explain explain what it is first and um well well how about ellie you explain us Mm -hmm. what it explain to us what it is and then i have some thoughts some not comments on what you did but like on on the 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 thing that you were inspired from and i'd love to hear your technical thoughts on how that was executed so take it away okay yeah sure so yeah to start off 
VFX and Chill is a live show that Seth and Hashi and Michael run um, on like the Red Giant YouTube and the Maxon YouTube every Friday at about 10 a.m. Pacific. And they're on for about like 90 minutes to two hours. And basically the idea is that they do a whole bunch of different VFX stuff. Sometimes they'll get... Um, like perception for example they had like the vfx team on they talk about stuff from like marvel films they then try and break things down uh whilst teaching processes inside of after effects red giant tools it's it's like an incredible incredible show where you learn so much stuff but you also have the best time so whether you're watching or whether you're attending they i'm sure if you guys have seen it they their personalities like all three of them together just bounce off each other they have a joke they have a laugh and so it's not like a two-hour session where it's like okay we're gonna do this we're gonna do that which is great like i i love things like that it's what i do a lot of the time Mm -hmm. but it's like you're hanging with like the guys but also learning how to do really amazing vfx stuff at the same time so they asked if i wanted to sort of like jump on friday session and in so at the Germany meeting, one of the things was like, oh, can the trainers run like a, a, a brief session on something, whether it's Redshift or Cinema 4D? And I chose to make a couple of the Halo TV series or as close as I could try and recreate some of those effects. And so Seth and Hashi were like, hey, why don't you come on to VFX and chill and do that, talk about that in a bit more detail and show some like breakdowns and of course i was like absolutely like i'd love to hang with you guys and yeah so for anyone who's not seen it like i don't know if we can like drop links or anything but there is the halo tv series came out recently so for anyone Mm -hmm. who doesn't know halo is that incredible game on the xbox and a bunch of different artists, clients, production teams came together to put together a title sequence for it. And if you haven't seen it, it is probably one of the most amazing things I've seen. Like it is like these particle effects coming together. It's like um, armor forming. You've got like um, ZBrush models in there. It's like every cool thing to do with like like our industry merged together yeah. to create this thing and there's a, a whole bunch of different people so VFX artists directors you've got lighting people rigging ZBrush artists sculptors um, concept artists like a big group of people came together to do this and yeah with a bunch of different software as well so this is the main thing a lot of you know Houdini I think there was some Blender there was some ZBrush um, Mantra ZBrush as you say over there, right? I don't. I say How? ZBrush now. Are, so the, that's a good question, actually. Are you supposed to call it ZBrush even if you're overseas? Because that's like technically like the trademarked name, or do you say ZBrush? Hey, everybody! It's Nick here from Grayscale Gorilla, and welcome to Grayscale Gorilla Plus. Your all-in-one membership to everything you need. You get award-winning plugins. You also get instant access to an entire library of drag and drop materials, as well as access to hundreds of high-res HDRIs, install and download it all. And of course, you get our entire library of pro Cinema 4D training. Grayscale Gorilla Plus, everything we make for everything you make. I know you don't see, but I hear it that way. Do you know what, I, I don't know. I say ZBrush 
I just think it sounds smoother to say ZBrush. And yeah. also, everyone <laughs> I hear talk about it talks about it as ZBrush. Right. Um, so, yeah, I guess technically in, in the UK, <laughs> I probably should say ZBrush. Yeah. But I also spell color now without the U because in Redshift Nodes, mm. it's spelled right c-o-l-o-r yeah so i think i'm yeah i'm gradually converting <laughs> just not the accent <laughs> do you play Everything halo else. i used to i'm playstation now oh okay i, love, I see I love how my it PlayStation. is End of podcast yeah sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh man you're um, missing out there's it's it's a pretty good the new one's pretty good we haven't played in a while. It's very good. Yeah. Xbox want to yeah. sponsor me and send me one. Well, it's on yeah. PC. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No excuses. It's on PC. And you're gonna you're I, gonna tell us you're a Mac person, right? <laughs> I feel that will be my second strike. If I yeah, okay. <laughs> now now it's over. Huh, all right. Uh, no. <laughs> the third strike will be the power outage. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Um, Halo is very near and dear to my heart growing up with it. And when the show was coming out, I when I heard that they announced the show, I was so stoked. And when I saw the show, I have thoughts, and we're not going to talk about the thoughts on the show. Uh, the, the intro is beautiful. From a cinematic motion graphic standpoint, mind blown. Mm. I'm, I'm bummed that they did not get the license to use the the iconic choir Halo track, and I right? think it could be better. And I have this itch to like remake it entirely, just with the uh, with the original track. <laughs> um, Do it. And all all of like, and I'll probably just watch the VFX and Chill episode. I've scrubbed through it a little bit, um, but I haven't been able to like sit down and like actually like di- dissect it entirely. Um, and when I saw the um, the Halo tri- uh, intro, I was like, that has to be X Particles or Houdini, but you're doing it with cinema tools, it looked like. So, yeah. um, can you tell us a little bit about um, the tools that you use to execute on that? Are there any, like, um, different hurdles that you have to go through, like UVing the mesh or anything? Like, tell us about the, the technical stuff, because I'm a big nerd and I want to know. No, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to sort of challenge myself to try and do it in just Cinema 4D and Redshift. So I know like a lot of time you would look at a shot and be like, okay, this was done in X Particles, which a lot of it was, and in Houdini. And so to recreate something similar, you would normally have to use similar tools. But I thought, no, let's let's see how how close or how sort of how accurate we can get just by using cinema and redshift and i thought i was going to give myself a bit of an allowance like if i couldn't match it i wasn't gonna like cry about it because you know x part of houdini amazing particle tools right and so the the sort of main one i wanted to try and recreate so I, so i did a couple of different different ones different shots i started off with just doing like a normal particle simulation using um c4d's native particle emitter following a spline and a field force, adding turbulence, and then using the redshift object tag to convert those particles into objects or little fragments inside the render view. And because of doing it that way, you can really like push up the number of particles that have been emitted because you're not emitting geometry. It's all being done in the render. Um, so that was sort of like the, the starting point that, that we went with, just sort of see how everything went together. The next one was there is there is a particular shot so there's actually a whole like behance 
um sort of i don't know what you call it like a like a project or something on mm-hmm. beehives where they actually talk about yeah they talk about all of the um the different shots the amazing people who did them and they have sort of like their r&d stuff and some of the finals and so i was using those to try and get a closer a closer result and yes yeah, so there's one where there is uh the armor and it's being formed and it sort of looks like these yeah they, I, I, like to me it was like a volume builder with noise and the noise was sort of like forming this mesh mm-hmm. and so i thought okay that like definitely could be done using volume builder with like random field and then linear field working with blending modes and i was quite happy with that result actually i think i got relatively close to to that final design but then the main one the main kind of like shot that they that they do is this armor coming together it's forming in the same way that kind of like we worked on the previous one but we also have particles coming off of those particular areas and we have like texture changes mm-hmm. and i thought okay let's see how we can get with that and so i have to shout out um jonas pills because he helped me especially with like how to emit particles from certain areas and then we just sort of combined everything together and so i got the armor and the starting point was you can emit particles thinking particles from a selection but not from a vertex map so my initial thought was okay let's try and control like a vertex map growth emit particles have a texture change Mm -hmm. Uh, but you can emit from a polygon selection so did a polygon selection and then used a shader field so with polygon selections and vertex maps we can use uh, fields in there there's a little checkbox that says use fields all you gotta do yeah. is click that and so yeah on the initial polygon selection used a shader field and then with with just like a noise that then generated these particular areas then created a vertex map put that polygon selection into that vertex map so I've now got the polygon selection sort of growing with the noise, but I've mm-hmm. also now got the vertex map doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So I can use the polygon selection inside of um, thinking particles. So I set up some espresso and super simple espresso because, you know, not, not technical, not technical <laughs> at all. <laughs> set driver, set driven. Done. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, matter waves is a way of generating particles and then inside of matter waves so so when you open up your little espresso node editor add a new node that's called matter waves and then in there we've got loads of different ways of like changing the the count the size the like birth life etc but you also have emit from an object and emit from selection so you put in your armor or your object and then you put in your polygon selection mm-hmm. and then now what happens is as my polygon selection appears and grows my particles emit from those areas and so then it was just a case of combining all that stuff together um, using the vertex map version to change my texture and even use that as like the control of the opacity so we can create the forming with the vertex map and then at the same time the particles are being emitted and then you can take like tp geometry so the tp geometry is then taking your uh, particle group and then you can put your redshift object tag on that 
uh, TP geometry. Wow. And then effectively, you then have your texture changing in Redshift and you have your thinking mm -hmm. particles, which are being converted into like, I don't know, a custom object or a sphere inside of your render view. And I'm actually I, in the process I of feel <laughs> trying to get a better looking render today. I feel like you, you almost have a plug in here. Hi, my name is Sashia Dumont. I'm a writer, actor, and filmmaker. Hi, my name is Paul Robinson. I'm a director, DP, and filmmaker. We are the creators and hosts of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, an online source for all things indie film. We are a husband and wife film team and co-owners of Send 3 Productions, and we started this podcast for filmmakers like ourselves who were producing on micro-budgets with Skeleton Crews. Go Gorilla is a weekly podcast that features various talents in TV, film, and web series productions. We've interviewed filmmaker powerhouses like Kestrin Pantera, Richard Raymond, Alex Ferrari, Cassandra Ebner, and Ryan Connolly. Amazing actors like Hannah Ward, Lou Taylor Pucci, Chris Wataski, and Eileen Gruba. Groundbreaking cinematographers like Jody Lee Lipes and Jessica Lee Gagne, and many more. We also offer weekly reviews of our favorite films and shows, which vary from low-budget first-time filmmakers to A-listers and everyone in between. Go Gorilla is proud to announce that we have officially joined the MoGraph Podcast Network. So if you love filmmaking as much as we do, tune in every Sunday for a new episode of the Go Gorilla Filmcast. Your, your source, source for, for all things indie film. film. Now available on the MoGraph Podcast Network. You've almost built a plug-in, you know. Can you make that so oh, we what, just, just... Yeah, just change the polygon selection. Yeah. That's what you'd need to change. <laughs> Yeah, just uh, drop in your own geo, and you're good to go. That's super cool because I'm I went on the Behance site as you were going, and I was just like dissecting it a little bit, and I see like thirty people in the credits, and you're just doing it by <laughs> yourself in cinema. Like that's so cool. Yeah, it's definitely not as good. <laughs> and I bet. <laughs> how long have you been working on this? So, Jonas showed me how to do that. I think. So when did I do it with the guys? I did it on Friday. I think he showed me on like Tuesday mm -hmm. how to how to emit from a polygon selection. And yeah, I didn't really, oh my God, I'm gonna admit, I didn't really work on it until Friday afternoon because okay. I had like live streams going on um, on like Wednesday and Thursday. And so I worked on it on Friday. Yeah, one person with like let's say one to two days. That that's a pretty good start. Mm -hmm. So um, that's super cool. Do you? I, I'm really curious as to like what render engine that they use for that. Do you think that like let's say we locked you in a room for like a month with uh, two MacBook Studios or uh, Mac Studios? Um, do you think you could come out with? something of equivalent quality oh. if that's the only thing you did <laughs> no. no no way no i wish i could say yes i think i come up with something like pretty okay looking but i mean like i did you know what i did actually have a list of all the software that they use let me yeah, oh, I yes. was curious what they ended up actually using on this because I'm sure yes, that they so had do. like a million programs. Like this one here, it's like I see yeah, all these particles and things. I'm like, that's Houdini, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. So and, here, here we go. I can't, sorry, I've just I've just got it up now. Okay. Yes. It was, yes. Sure. So <laughs> Cinema 4D, Octane, Redshift, X Particles, Houdini, Mantra, Blender 
After Effects, ZBrush, and V-Ray. There may be more. <laughs> So I apologize to everyone who made this. So every major uh, 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 product, uh, program, and render engine available. Mm. So just (laughs) all the things. Basically, everything was used (laughs) on it. Wow. Yeah. So I definitely wouldn't be able to do something as incredible. And there were so many people who, like, incredible people who worked on it as well. Mm. Um, But I would like to see how far I can get with this particular sort of shot where everything is forming the particles are coming off and the texture changes i think yeah that's sort of like that's kind of my plan for this well i'm a halo nerd so if uh there's any point where you're like you need a second pair of hands i volunteer so there's that another thing i wanted to ask is like obviously it says they use redshift and octane and v-ray and one of the things that i have noticed um, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, X particles with uh, different render engines like Redshift, it doesn't quite um, land as well as using what X particles wants you to use, which is cycles. Um, right. uh, yeah. One thing that I've ran into in the past is like getting motion blur to work correctly. So if you were to like really dive into this, do you think that native cinema tools again locked in a in a a room for two months by yourself do you think the native cinema tools with with enough attention could execute on it so just using cinema 4d and redshift could you take that like long list of software and cut it down and have something like passable let's say not just you like a team there a, a team and you executing on this just doing cinema and redshift i think I think we wouldn't be able to match it. Like, absolutely, I like we wouldn't come close, even with like an incredible team, because like Houdini and X Particles are, well, mainly X Particles is known to be like the particle Mm -hmm. simulation and Cinema 4D as as kind of like as okay as the native emitter is and thinking particles is it still does have its limitations like mm-hmm. i'm not going to sit here and be like it's the best particle maker in the world <laughs> because you'd all be like ellie you're a liar but <laughs> that being said especially combining with redshift and combining with different tricks and techniques that are things that you don't really think about i think you could create something pretty cool that mm-hmm. i think people i think people would look at it and be like as if that's cinema and redshift and I think that would be the level I'd want to get it to if I could make something, whether with it's like a team of like artists or some of like the Maxon trainers, mm-hmm. if we could create something that made people go, no way is that just cinema, I'd right. be satisfied and be like, right. yeah, we've done well. You should do Sounds that. Sounds like a challenge. You should totally do that. Yeah. I think that would be pretty cool. I mean, we're partway there. Push I've got it to some the of the limit. base. <laughs> got the base I volunteer. Up. So if you, if you need a second pair of hands, let's go. Let's remake Abs- it. I yeah. would be so up for that. I'd be so up for it. If that does happen, I do request that we take the original track from the iconic video game series and like do our own twist on that. But that's a whole separate discussion. I'll compose I may the even music buy an Xbox. Yeah. Now I'll compose like a, a like a something that's just different enough for you, Jags, that it's like it's the intro but it's not so you don't get tagged in copyright okay that's fair i'll make it happen i got some i I got some good sound libraries i could i could pull from i might have to record the intro myself you know Mm. yeah cool i'll be i'll be the choir i'll be the choir in the background you know i'm sure i'd be fine (laughs) have we have we just agreed to doing a whole thing 
Jags has. Jags has. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm definitely up for this. Yeah, that would be amazing. I have too many Halo projects on my plate. Right. Let's do it. It's all the Halo projects. <laughs> just one. Yeah, just one time. more. Just yeah. one more. Yeah. yeah. So we we have a Halo group. Um, I don't know if we t- talked about this before, and I've maybe talked about this in NAB or not. But we have a Halo group where it's a bunch of motion designers, and we all hop on and play Halo. We haven't been doing it much lately. I feel like everybody has been slammed all summer, but. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, we we play and uh, we also have a text chain here in, in for uh, in the states where some of us are on a text chain if we have an an iPhone and we'll text back and forth about you know hey anyone want to play Halo or whatever or we'll get in the Discord and say hey anyone want to play Halo but for a while actually we're doing our own Halo renders different people in the group would do their own Halo render so I feel like this would just you know take the cake on all of that but. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna have to get into Halo and play with us a little bit, though. I think. I yeah, I might have to get myself an Xbox. Yeah. Oh, please man. do. Yeah. I will. I will. It's fine. Yeah. Well, I, do, yeah, should, I like a bit of gaming, so. I'll we should at it. least get you connected to the um, our Instagram where we post Halo renders. Yeah. Um, every once in a while, we'll post something. I I made something the other day. I just haven't posted it. Um, but it's like a, a for me, it's our play place to experiment and try things and i mm-hmm. think it sounds like that's what you're doing with this uh halo intro series you're just trying stuff to see if it works and um i think having that sort of playground and that mental headspace to just let yourself explore is really valuable yeah i think it definitely helps especially when sort of like a life the life as a trainer trying to sort of like come up with new things and interesting things that is going to excite and inspire people and just finding new ways of learning tools so kind of we can watch a tutorial which i think is a great way of learning it's definitely how i've learned everything but now with the slight bit more experience that i have in cinema i like to see something like like this for example or see something on instagram and be like you know what i'm gonna see if i can make that and learn how it was done or make a version and yes i didn't know that polygon selections can emit particles with matter waves i didn't know that but through this sort of journey and this exploring, thanks to Jonas as well, I now know how to do this. And I now know it yeah. enough that I was able to teach it on VFX and chill. Right. And so I definitely love, like you said, sort of having that time to play and explore and just be creative. And it just helps me learn Cinema 4D and learn Redshift and yeah, learn new new tools that I maybe wouldn't have initially thought of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i was just like playing so when we're off camera i'm sure the ellie wade ai is going to take an sd card and take <laughs> any sort of information that they would that they would want to learn and just plug it in so yeah. what would be yes. like th- what's the next skill that you are gonna like plug into your brain <laughs> and just like download like neo i know kung fu <laughs> oh god you know there's i i have a list i have on my phone i've got like a like notes of things that i want to learn whether it's things inside of cinema and redshift or other things entirely so zbrush is absolutely something i want to learn and want to get into um not only because it's now one of the maxon tools but it's something i've never even thought of never even thought about like sculpting especially like getting used to using a tablet and that kind of stuff 
So ZBrush is probably the top of my top of my list at the yeah. moment. But there's also Houdini. I do I do want to learn Houdini. And one of the guys, Chad, um, knows like some stuff. And I was like, hey, can you? I was like, I'll teach you Redshift. You teach me Houdini. Okay, thanks. So Houdini's on that list. And then if I'm going to do something that's like a Cinema 4D thing, rigging. Mm-hmm. Character rigging is one of those things. Yeah, and tough. I don't mind admitting this. Like, I definitely know like 5% of Cinema 4D, just so everyone knows this. Um, but so rigging is that thing that I really want to, I want to find some time where I can spend like a week doing it. Because I think that's what you need to do. You need to like take the yeah. time, especially with something as advanced as that, and yeah. not worry about anything else. Not kind of like just watch like the odd tutorial and then two weeks later watch another one i want to find a period of time where i can really learn how to do it um it's a tough thing what people do yeah Yeah, it is it is yeah i feel like i I learn a little at a time you know like Mm -hmm. like i'll i'll have to do a project and do something having to do with rigging and then i'll like oh yeah i remember this and then the next time i come back and i learn a little more and i learn a little more but i i still all these years i feel like i don't have a handle on it at all (laughs) so it it's tough it's 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 to me it's the hardest thing to learn in cinema i don't know about it is so um as someone who is getting into rigging right now um it is very interesting to see how the cinema 4d workflow operates compared to other software because i Mm. love cinema and i want to stay in cinema and i've come up like working on um uh with the rococo suit um uh, sam was like maya is actually a very very strong workflow for it and i've picked up a maya license since then but i hate the fact that i have to Mm -hmm. go to another piece of software i want to stay in cinema because that's where my render engine is or if i'm rendering in unreal i can bring a lot of the animation stuff into unreal without having to deal with unreal's ridiculous animation tools um they work intuitive you know yeah not as intuitive as cinema yeah so for you ellie with uh rigging um what are what do you think some of the the big challenges that you run into when diving into like either character character animation rigging or just like rigging let's say uh more simple things like a like a book opening or something like that because you'd still you end up using a, a a a joint uh, system for like a book opening I'm assuming mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you run into that makes back. learning rigging in cinema challenging well I think I've not really taken the time to learn it yet either which is I think kind of like the downside so I've not really done much like rigging if if any I know sort of like what the tools are and where to find them but it's such a steep learning curve and like I said that I want to spend I think I need to spend quite a bit of time learning about it. Um, we recently actually did a hands-on series with Joe Herman, who did an entire sort of six weeks on rigging. And I was there, I was sort of like doing doing the hosting and the, and the Q&A, and it was an incredible series. And what I want to do, so he starts like doing like the intros and the fundamentals, and then he goes through a bunch of different topics to learn rigging. And I actually want to go back and be able to actually experience that workshop because when like as you know when you're when you're hosting and when you're doing q a you're sort of 
not necessarily like being able to to learn the thing that's that's in front of you and follow along because you are managing or producing like a, a live stream or a webinar and so yeah unfortunately i don't have yeah any sort of like disadvantages aside from the fact that I haven't had the time okay. to actually learn it enough to be able to give you my disadvantages. No, that's that's totally fair, and I, I too do feel you when it's, when you're in the process of doing your your job. Um, it's hard to like also set aside the time to learn because your brain is in two different headspaces for that. If you were to take that week and do a character rigging sort of um, experience for yourself, what would you create with that new knowledge? Like, what are you looking to do with that? Oh, that's a great question. Do you know, I haven't even, I haven't even thought that far ahead because <laughs> it would be the learning it first. And I think through learning it, like, I don't know whether this is just sort of like my mindset or other creatives have this. As I'm learning something and as I'm sort of like getting to grips with the new tool, it's at that moment when it starts to click, I then go, you know, a thousand miles per hour ahead and go, oh my God, I want to make this. I want to make that. I want to do this. Even though I've only got like 10% of the knowledge. And so I think it would, yeah, it would be as I was learning it, I would then realize and think about the cool things that I'd potentially want to want to create with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's one an interesting answer because sometimes you don't know what your possibilities are until you have the knowledge and your brain just starts going. It's like, oh, I finally figured out how to get like an IK rig working perfectly. Oh, I want to do these characters. Um, yeah. Another thing that I found that's really interesting with. Um, character rigging is you obviously need to start with characters um, you need a character to animate to use the rig so yeah. now my next question to you is what what would you want to learn first now would that be zbrush so you could make the character or would you just go into diving into rigging first and if you would prefer the rigging part is there a care what character would you start with hmm I love that question. That's a great. So, okay, so this is going to be my answer, but it's maybe not the best way to go about it. For me, I would learn ZBrush first and spend however long it takes until I finally create something that I was satisfied and happy with, which would probably take a very long time knowing my <laughs> learning curve for any anything. <laughs> Um, and I think once I got to a point where I was like, yeah, cool, like this is a really great character or really great, like whatever monster or something i would then be like okay from here i now really want to rig this because i've spent x amount of time x amount of hours learning zbrush and creating this i feel like at that point i'd be like okay i'm now willing to invest that same amount of time to now animate and i think i would just oh, this is bad i would just find how to rig that exact creature or character which obviously is not ideal. You want to go through the intro and you want to do the fundamentals and all of that. But I know me well enough right. to know. I'd be right. like, cool, throw me at the deep end. Someone show me how yeah. I need to rig this and just start maybe from like level 10, which is not ideal. But I think that's what I would do. And then hopefully with that knowledge, I'd be like, okay, like maybe I can start doing some other uh, rigging things. But I think okay, if I think had a big. project that I was really <laughs> passionate about, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to spend the time on that. Okay. 
Yeah. That's a fair answer. That is yeah. my honest answer. Yeah. No, that's that's a good answer because it's like I I love Halo. So my first like motion capture animation thing was was Master Chief because two things. One, you don't have to animate the face because he has no face. Um, yes. <laughs> that's probably why that series is so uh, successful. Um, because yeah. Why do you think people like doing astronauts? You know. Like. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But I, I think when it comes down to doing character rigging and animation and sculpting, it's just like what what's what speaks to you? Because obviously we're humans and we experience the world through mm-hmm. like human shape. So it's just like what what human is or what sentient being is going to tell the story? Do you have a story or any like? Are there any particular stories that you really vibe with, either in pop culture or media, that gets you to want to learn? these character animation tools oh i i don't know too much if it's like a if there is like a specific story but i'm i i love like being inspired by like anything that's around or like films and seeing like like i'm I'm very much into marvel love the marvel films and the more I kind of like watch these and the more I'm learning but like the entire industry and all the different workflows, the more I'm like, oh, okay, like I would really love to try and recreate this or like do these sort of like visual effects or like, and so I think it would be being inspired by these incredible th- moments or incredible things that I see in either like animated films or in like the normal Marvel films that I watch that makes me want to be like really push my skills to like another another level and of course I like I like the idea of being able to train people on things that do compare to the stuff in the real world Mm -hmm. so it's easy to be like this tool does this and you can make this with it but I think sometimes us as artists, like especially me, like this is how I learn. Um, if I saw something in a film and someone was like, yeah, this is how you make it, that would perhaps mean a little bit more to me than if someone just showed me the tool in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like, but I, yeah. that's, that's just my own personal sort of like learning experiences. Um, so yeah, th- those yeah those type of films are what inspire me to want to learn these better tools, and then also to then be able to hand this knowledge off to other people. Because I know a lot of people talk about like it's a lot of thing you you read. Maybe not so much now. Maybe sort of like I don't know a couple of years ago. But people who create these really amazing things sometimes keep them to themselves. Mm-hmm. And like you see people go, oh, how do you make this? Or what was this made in? And I guess people are super busy, so they can't always say like how it was created. Um, but I like the idea of being like, if I make something and someone's like, how do you do it? I'm like, here, this is how you do it. Here's a mm-hmm. tutorial or here's have the project file. So I give away a lot of project files of pretty much anything that I create. Mm-hmm. Luxury of working for Maxon. I'm not creating right. anything for like an agency or a studio or mm-hmm. a company. So I give everything away. Awesome. So I think that's what I would. Yeah. That's what I do. I know that Subi didn't answer the question about the story, but hopefully it's... I guess my question was also very convoluted, and it could have been simplified as, what do you get inspired by? And you said Marvel, so that that was a good answer. (laughs) Um, Yes, absolutely. uh, um, 
so I, I'm pretty close to the Marvel world um, by proximity. Uh, my girlfriend works for them doing some stuff, but uh, so we, oh we have to be caught up on everything. So we're we're watching uh, Miss Marvel um, right now. We uh, caught up on all the TV shows, etc. Um, Thor, I need still need to go see. But for you, what um, what Marvel content are you most excited about right now? Oh God! No spoilers, because I've seen it, but yeah. I'm sure other people haven't. So, okay, so recent—not recently, but let's let's talk like last what, like six months or something. The new, not not really new, but the latest Spider-Man was one of the most amazing things I'd seen. If we're talking like Marvel Universe, because sometimes like you know, like the originals are the best, or people say originals are mm. the best. The early stuff's nice. And I thought after, I thought after, I'm not going to say, I'm not trying not going to say too much because of spoilers, but after Endgame, I was like, I'm never watching Marvel again. I won't say <laughs> why, but because of what happens, mm-hmm. if you know, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, I literally, I'm never watching Marvel again. Like I'm done. Mm-hmm. And then obviously <laughs> two weeks later, there was a new film and I watched it. Um, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so I was like, these because I love these characters so much. And that's why when um, like, Black Widow came out later. I loved Black Widow because love Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. and I just and I love the way that they're now almost creating this new like group. They're sort of like introducing, like with Hawkeye, introducing sort of like Harry Steinfeld's new character, mm-hmm. and then in Spider Man with what happened at the end. You sort of you can already sort of see like what's going to be happening next mm-hmm. and i only recently like shame on me only recently watched the new multiverse of madness literally friday night after the okay Chill. okay i only just watched it then um yeah stayed up and watched that are you gonna learn that. houdini after after watching that oh god the, the <laughs> bit the bit when they are I mean, this isn't this isn't a giveaway, but when they're first going through all the different uh, multiverses, mm. and they do like the different versions of them, when one's right. like color, oh one's, like, yeah, yeah. Like that I'm was... glad I was watching it by myself because my ugh, my friends and my other half hate watching films with me because I'll be like, <laughs> oh that's cool, that's good, that's because I was like, oh my god, this is the most amazing like visual effects mm. I've ever seen, mm. and yeah, I said it out loud and was glad that I was by myself. <laughs> Right. It's like, and oh my it gosh, was, look at the specular on that. And mm. people are like, what? The specular? What's I was like, specular? I'd love to know how to do that, like, aesthetic. Mm. Yeah. It's so interesting. I, I don't know about you. Have, have you seen Ms. Marvel? No, no. I think that's my uh, that's like my next one that I haven't seen. It's really awesome, at least for me. I don't know about you, but like being able to watch something and be like, wait, I could do that. So in Ms. Marvel, one of the things that they do is they'll take... Um, they'll 3D track um, like a wall in New York City and animate the graffiti on it and I'm like oh that's so cool like that's 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 after effects that's easy I mean the the 2D animation part definitely not easy for me but like the camera tracking and all that I'm like Mm -hmm. oh and I wish I could just say and do that and I don't know about you um, but do you feel um, like when you watch these films and you and you feel you see something that you could do do you feel like the urge to just like go over to the computer and be like i'm going to do the thing right now because i i just prove it to myself that i can sort of thing do you do that absolutely i feel like if i 
if let's say like money was no object and my life was just was not necessarily a trainer i think my life would be just recreating these amazing or try, trying to recreate these amazing things on cinema 4d and redshift i feel like yeah. that's just yeah. like if if like time was of no like object i think i would just sit and recreate this stuff mm-hmm. i think that's like like you know we have like these like life goals or industry goals don't we and i think kind of like the more i'm learning the more i'm like you know what if i could see my name on one of those end credits at any point in my life Mm -hmm. i'd be like yes that would be like serious like life goal to check Mm -hmm. off Mm -hmm. i I did that one time in my life and it was a it was a straight to amazon like scooby-doo movie that was it. That, okay. got it counts. See, you got to it see counts. my name one time. I've been putting it everywhere. Yeah. IMDB, here we come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about, um, do, you, do, you, do you ever get the urge to, like, work on some of these films someday? Like, you know, not, not that you would want to leave Max on, but, you know. I, mean, I I would love to. Like, I would be lying if I was like, no. Like, that. honestly, that would be like, if I got to work on a film, or, I mean, any film, yeah. but if I, if, if my name was ever on Marvel, yeah. I'm going to sort of like, what is it when you say something and then you want to kind of make it come oh, true? Oh, yeah, uh, manif- manifesting it. <laughs> I'm going to manifest it yeah. with this. Honestly, if I saw my name on there, I think I'd probably like cry for two days with happiness. Mm. We have enough mm. yeah. friends. <laughs> we can make that happen. We know perception, right? Like mm. <laughs> that's yeah, that would be just like that would be amazing because that would be something I never thought would be possible. But I mean, I feel like every time I I hit like a new, I don't know even like small career stepping stone or small sort of like i don't know progression thing i'm like this is mad because i never thought this would happen like nab in vegas to me was like a mind-blowing experience first time in america first time at a live event (laughs) and it was such like an amazing experience like firsts are so like are so great and for me i feel like i'm i feel like i'm at the start of my trainer journey um and i mean people may say that i'm I'm not but i feel like i am and so all these things are still new and all these things are still amazing and i never thought they were going to happen but yeah if i ever did see my name i'd be i'll be like you know what ellie good for you (laughs) i remember uh you telling me when we were in vegas it was your first time in the states and i was like wow vegas is your first impression of the u.s wow loved it that's absolutely loved it it's very different everywhere else. It, but. It's not, yeah. Vegas does not represent what the United States is, in my opinion. I think yeah. coming to California, experience uh, L.A., to be honest. Uh, the food scene is fun. Um, oh, I honestly yeah. come to Orange County, but that's a, that's a whole <laughs> separate discussion. Um, you should absolutely do this Halo thing. Like, recreate the Halo titles. Because I don't know... Um, I've really found that if you do the work that you want to be doing, um, obviously don't leave don't leave Max on. Um, but if you do the work, that <laughs> Max on, I'm not leaving. Doing, Just <laughs> um, but do it on the side as like a fun thing, and yeah. don't put yeah. too much pressure on it. Like take your time with it. Don't it doesn't need to be out um, by any specific time. Make it to the yeah. point where you're happy with it. Yeah, that's something that uh, I I haven't had a chance to make a reel in years. 
in years. And that's something that uh, I'm working on right now, trying to put together and, you know, just going through some of my old stuff and trying to think of what I want my new stuff to be because it, it it's so true. Like you want to make the stuff that you want people to hire you to make. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. people say it all the time, but, but like, you know, life happens and you do client projects and might not necessarily be the stuff you want to do. So having a side project like that, to to try those things and then put it out there and say hey look what i can do you know mm-hmm. is is great it's it really is it really does help you manifest that by putting the work out there i'm gonna take both of your advice and i mean i'm don't take my advice but don't leave max I, on. I was, yeah, don't leave max <laughs> no, on. No, no no i love max on there my they're like my family good um if you do need help on this halo project thing please let me know i would love I, to I am. I will. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, we're gonna we're gonna make sure that we find a way to play Halo with you sometime. I think that'll mm-hmm. that'll get that'll yes. get it flowing because there's a lot of new stuff in there. It's a very pretty game. You know, a lot prettier than previous versions of the game. Maybe it'll mm-hmm. give you some inspiration. So. Oh, shall I expense it for that reason? Oh yeah, absolutely. And be like, oh, yeah. oh this 100%. I need it for yeah. you know this project that i'm working on oh, it's yeah. research uh, it is research it's r&d it's a write-off it's re- exactly there we go <laughs> <laughs> plus the co-op should be coming out soon so we if you're not super good like i'm i'm terrible at multiplayer now so i'm just super stoked for the co-op to come out and we could all we could all play together on the same team yeah so i won't have to tell, tell me the buttons because i'm used to my playstation controller oh see like even maxon agrees here in the chat don't don't leave Max on. <laughs> uh, I won't be leaving. I'm assuming, guys, I'm assuming Matthias. Hi, Matthias. I don't know who that is actually. Is it Kevin? It might be Kevin. I don't know. Oh, I don't yeah. know who's on the Maxon account in here. Because usually, if it's Kevin, it's oh. Kevin saying he likes Breaking Bad and The Wire. So, um, speaking of which, we got to do some MoGraph recommends. Not yet, though. But what would okay. you have to say? What you have to say? Uh, I was just gonna say well, we've covered a lot on this this Halo thing. You, your interests in in MoGraph uh, on Marvel on things that you get inspired by. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna ask like, do you have any sort of um, upcoming goals for what you're trying to do with all of the stuff? Like, what's what's on deck for you? Yeah, what's next besides Halo? <laughs> besides Halo, um, I guess it's just continuing with what we're doing with the live streams because that is such a that is what I love to do like I know it's like a big part of my job anyway but I I really do love to be on all and any of these live streams and just covering topics that people want to see and so I'm coming to the end of like a hands-on series which I've loved Um, and I do love creating new ones so thinking of an entire workshop that's either four weeks or six weeks and it's normally based on what people suggest so i always say to people like on like instagram or youtube or whatever suggest what you want to see because we do genuinely read it we do look at it and a lot of our conversations when we plan stuff like in months in advance or new workshops is based on a lot of what people ask for and so i I suppose I haven't really got too much. I'm coming to like the end of quite a busy, quite a busy period. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of like, 
I did a workshop for like School of Motion in June, had this level up series, was also doing demystifying post-production on Mondays. Um, so I'm coming up to a little bit. I've got a couple of weeks off in July, which I'm looking forward to having a little chill. And then Seagraph is like the, the next thing. And I'm sort of, I'm thinking about what I'm going to be planning. And it's going to be some new Redshift stuff, which I can't talk about until then. But that should be quite, that's sort of what's in, in the works at the moment. And some other stuff. <laughs> if if people Secrets. know the, the if people know the Maxon timeline, yes, you know what I'm talking about, right, basically. Right. <laughs> <Did> <laughs> so you, those are those are what are taking my my focus at the moment. Yeah, I'm looking forward to SeaGraph. Hopefully, my passport gets back to me on time so I can make it up there. Um, and I, I was going to ask you though did you did you get to see EJ recently, or are you about to see EJ? I know he's over there. N- yeah, no, so he came over. I was supposed to see him. He did, oh. he did a MoGraph meetup, uh, but my I had to end up going and picking someone up in London, mm. in like a completely different part of London. And so I was gutted because he was, yeah, he was in the UK for a couple of days. He's doing a whole Europe thing, isn't he, for, yeah. for his birthday, right? For something. I don't know. I don't I know think, why. But, I think... Uh, I think it's for. I mean, this could be so wrong. So, soz EJ, if this is wrong, I think it's for his fortieth. His fortieth, yeah. But yeah, it's yeah, like the, a thing. And so, yeah, he went to. Yeah. He did UK, so he's in London. Then he went to Berlin, I believe. And I think mm-hmm. at the moment he's in France. Okay. I think so. Yeah, uh, it, it's funny because initially, when when uh, Matt was going to be out of town, I texted him and I was like, "Hey, you want to do this episode with with Ellie?" And he's like, "Actually, I'm going to be over there." And uh, like, hanging oh, out with girl, her, nah. yeah. He's like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be seeing her next week anyway in person. I was like, oh, I know. Cool. Oh, I was so, I was so glad I can go. Um, but it looked like they, they all had a great time. I'm sure I'll, yeah. I'll catch up with him uh, at Seagraph. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I can't wait. I love, I love Vancouver. Um, before we get to MoGraph recommends, though, just briefly, I wanted to touch on uh, MoFit a little bit. Because uh, both of y'all like are this. pretty much into uh, some fitness stuff. Uh, you had some uh, incredible um, willpower, I noticed, in at, at NAB. Because we were sitting there eating, like, the worst foods. And you were just still so good. You were still so good. And, like, you know, Matt, I think Matt was sitting next to you eating the most ridiculous pancakes I've ever seen in my life. And you were like, avocado toast, please. <laughs> Um, okay, so there's there's a reason behind that. It was because it was like it was a big four nights or five nights, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Late nights. Oh yeah. There was there was a little bit of alcohol involved. Yes. And so that's me trying to compensate for destroying my body in other ways. <laughs> it was so it like, was like I mean I think it's funny because I had a little bit of willpower. Like I I think I might have gotten like. I don't remember what I got, but I was a little hungover. And it was just so funny, the contrast, seeing you and Matt next to each other. But um, one of the things that always comes up, though, with with motion graphics artists is we sit in front of a computer constantly. It's like, how do you make it work? Uh, It is a constant struggle with me because I'll be sitting here and I'm waiting on a render. And, hey, I could just eat a handful of chips, you know, or whatever. And... 
uh, and then it's all the sitting and all the sitting and more sitting, and then the next day get up and you sit some more. Uh, what do you do uh, to keep up the fitness, both of you, to keep up your fitness? Ellie, you go first. Cool. Yeah. So, no, I don't mind. I don't mind. Yeah. So that would be the only sort of negative about what we all do is the sitting kind of like all day on a screen sort of like especially when I'm really into a project or into yeah. something like if something starts to click I find that I'm like lent over like like a little hunchback it's like lent, lent over right? sort of like like looking at the screen like this I'm like oh this is working <laughs> and then I mm. kind of have to have a word with myself like Ellie come on like sit back and relax um but yeah so for me i so i wear a apple watch which if people have an apple watch you can set it up so like if you've not stood in an hour mm-hmm. it basically like buzzes you and is like hey right. like get off your ass sort of thing and i love that because i like i said if i'm if i'm into something or into like a project i almost don't think about getting up and so it's a great little reminder and i'll go because I work upstairs in my house so I'll go downstairs I'll get a drink I'll just sort of like do a little like stretch the legs every hour unless I'm on like alive or something then mm-hmm. that can't be done but the rest of the time is yeah genuinely like keeping fit is one of like my like the important things I like to do in my life so I play football or soccer mm-hmm. uh, as well <laughs> so I yeah. I spend a lot of time doing like what we call training and I think you guys call practice yeah so i do yeah i train yeah 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 oh cool cool so i said training before and people like training and i was like practice (laughs) well i here's the thing i don't i don't play sports so i i train for sports that i don't play right because i just lift i lift and i do uh, a little bit of cardio just to keep up heart health but yeah because we're sitting all the time we have to do something to otherwise um like my aunt um has uh, instill the, the fear of uh, like health ailments. She's like, you have to stand up every thirty minutes because otherwise you'll have a stroke or an aneurysm. <laughs> and I'm like, oh god. Um, so, god. Uh, so you say that you 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 train uh, for football. Um, yes. how, like, what is your training routine look like are you a a morning person do you get your work done in the morning and then do your training in the afternoon what does that look like for you so it's it's a mix so i like to have when it comes to routine i like to have a bit of like a like like a mix messed up routine i don't like to do the same thing over and over again yeah yeah. Yeah, i like to sort of like change things like with work and with like life and keeping fit i like it to be a little bit different otherwise it becomes like monotonous Mm -hmm. right so our official kind of training because we're now in pre-season which is now like very intense everyone's everyone's had their nice like break where you've been like sitting on your bum for two months not doing anything so now it's like okay everyone's got like six weeks to get fit before the official season starts right so we're training officially twice a week with the team we then have matches on sunday and then on the other so that leaves me four days three of them i'll go to the gym i would love to say I go in the morning but the only time i'd go in the morning is if i have like a late session mm-hmm. so if i have like a session that's like like a, like a work session that's like right. five to six or six to mm-hmm. seven i'm like okay cool i have that time in the morning without having to go at 6 a.m 
because I'm a morning person, but I'm not that much of a morning person. I'm like, not a morning person. in the gym is, yeah, is, is not me. Yeah. Lunchtime, I, I think is great. So again, if I'm doing like a late thing or if I start earlier, like if I like start like half seven or eight, I then think, okay, cool. I've got like a period of time in the day, perks of like remote working. It can be quite flexible. Um, so yeah, middle of the day works quite well, but a lot of the time it's it's sort of like the evening after work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that. I, I like breaking up the day with it. Uh, I can't do that during the summer because in Texas, it's literally 100 degrees until it gets dark. So I have to go at dark. But in the wintertime, I like to go at like two or three in the afternoon, get the workout in after I've gotten some stuff done. I've done the emails. I've done the client calls. Come back, take a shower, feel refreshed and sit down. And it's still, you know, five o'clock and I still have the evening to work on things I do like that it feels like it breaks up yeah. the monotony mm-hmm. and the whole standing thing you know you get away right. from the desk and you know don't get a blood clot <laughs> you know yes yeah yeah for sure it is nice yeah. to break up the day isn't it and sometimes if I'm like today when I knew like I didn't really have time to go gym in the middle of the day but I, I walked to like the nearest shop is like a 15 minute walk mm-hmm. so I thought cool I'll walk get myself some lunch like it's nice and hot here anyway and then just walk back. And so that's mm-hmm. nice to sort of get a little bit of yeah. like, exercise in the day. And you missed your championship game to come to NAB. Is that, didn't you tell me that when we were there? I missed the final game of our the season. Final game. Yeah. Oh, final man. game. Yeah. That's commitment Surprise. right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were fine. They won. It was cool. <laughs> nice. That's good. Yeah. It's, it's tough to keep that up. You know, um, you, you can have like, I mean, as a, as an artist, you kind of go through ups and downs in work, especially if you're doing contract work where you have like 10 projects and then you have no projects, you know, or, or however that goes. And so you might get on a good streak where you're getting to the gym or you're going running or you're doing something and all of a sudden like five clients call up and they all need everything tomorrow. And then before you know it, you're like, God, I haven't even gone and worked out in a week because I literally was working around the clock for however long. And... It's it's tough to keep it up. What, what do you what do both of you do in order to uh, not slack? I guess. Um, well, I'd love to hear uh, your answer, Ellie, because to an extent, I just treat my my fitness self as another person. I'm just like, well, but I have a meeting with Fitness Jags, and yes. I would never ever skip that client meeting, or I'd never ever skip a client meeting or something. So. It's, treat myself the same way but ellie what do you do to like make sure that you are there on the field or at the gym so that answer is better than mine because i try and i want to have like as much of a balance as i can with like you know social life um work and like keeping fit and those sort of like important things those are like the things that i think are like if you can balance those like you've got like quite like a nice satisfying life going on but I also don't become too obsessive about these things. Like they're really important to me. But if like, for example, like last April when we're prepping for the launch and we're prepping for NAB, I didn't get to the gym that whole week, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, you know what? No work has to come first. Like as much as like fitness and and my health and everything is important. I eat quite healthy. I'm a healthy person. If I don't go to the gym for a week, I'm not going to stress myself out about it because that's then worse for you. Like stress and anxiety, that's not going to help you at all 
in comparison to like just not going to the gym so right. I try not be too like get myself down too much if I don't go um, now with pre-season the Tuesday and the Thursday and the Sunday are like a given so unless I'm working I will be there like 100% I'll be there and chances are I won't be working on a Sunday anyway so I'll be always playing my match on Sunday and yeah like Tuesdays and Thursdays it's like 7pm until 9pm so the chances of me working is, is very unlikely at those times. And so now in my head, I'm like, okay, I've got like these three days and I'm going to try and get to the gym on the other days. If I don't, I'm not going to give myself like too much of a hard time. Cause yeah. I used to be like that. I used to not go and, and then be like really sort of disappointed with myself and like really mm. like stressed out but it's because I was so busy. It wasn't because I was like sitting in like a bag of crisps watching TV. Right. Yeah, I always feel like if I'm if I'm not working out that week for some reason, like traveling, uh, if I'm eating well, then at least I got half of it right. Or if it's the other way, you know, if I'm not eating well, you know, it's it's someone's birthday or it's a holiday, and I'm not just not eating well. If I'm at least working out, at least one of those things I feel helps balance things out. Um, yeah, but yeah. Vernon, Jags, Vernon's are, you, are you are you just committed all the time yeah. like, when you do it? Because I would love. Can I have your willpower? Um, <laughs> I so long story short, when I was in high school, I was about a hundred pounds um, heavier. Uh, I was overweight, playing too much World of Warcraft. So I <laughs> honestly should take a book out of yours or a page out of your book because uh, when I do skip, I feel this sense of guilt as if like I I had skipped a client meeting or something like that. Right, and I don't I. I am learning to be more flexible with myself because you're right. When it comes to, um, if you if you do miss a session, but you're still eating healthy, you're still doing something. It, mm -hmm. You don't lose yeah. gains instantly out of nowhere. Right. Um, so when it like for, for me, I I always just look for little opportunities to be um, to make a, a healthier decision in the day. So it's like if I'm um, if I go if I have to microwave my food, for example, it's like oh I'll, I'll, I will stretch or something, or I'll, I'll do some push ups really quick because it's like I was just gonna sit there. Or if I have to kick off a render, and fortunately for Unreal, we're not we're dealing with like three hour renders, we're dealing with like ten minutes. I'll go for a ten minute walk around my block or mm -hmm. something or something like that it's like looking for those little opportunities where i can be a more active person um without trying to like go ham all the time now because if i had a choice i would have my own office with a squat rack right behind me and like all right render <laughs> renders going Render. let's, let's go let's yeah. but I, I don't have that right now so that's just, just, great yeah. Like that. Right? <laughs> yeah it's like what matthias says when we're on the road he's like just earn your shower that's, that's what he says. You're not going to work out. At least earn your shower today. You know, uh, help somebody lift some boxes. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. do a couple push-ups in the hotel room. Something. You know. Uh, and yeah. Vernon, uh, Vernon's been training. You know, he's in the chat. He said you treat it like a client meeting. I do that. I I do put my runs on the calendar, and I try and make sure that oh, it's a 45-minute yeah. run. Okay, well that's a two or three-hour slot because mm -hmm. you've got to stop what you're doing. You're probably going to be running a little behind. You got to go get your clothes, change, get get your stuff on, get your headphones, make sure everything's charged. Go do the thing, come back, take a shower. It's it's going to be longer than you think, you know. Mm -hmm. So I try and pad it, schedule meetings around that, you know, especially during the winter when my afternoons are like that. But something that helps, of course, is having a partner that 
you know you can do that stuff with too like julie started running with me so it's like okay well she's got this on her agenda so like i'm not going to screw up her schedule so i'm gonna go you know right so yeah, I definitely um, Ellie, agree with it being sorry, it, it being on yeah. like the calendar or the schedule. Mm-hmm. Like for me, like yeah, when I look at my watch and it's like okay, it says the gym or on my calendar right. it says the gym or something. It really kind of like puts it into your mind, and then you're it's something you're thinking about, right. as opposed to being like, oh, I've got some time, maybe I'll go, maybe right. I won't. Because like you that. won't, you know, yeah. if you don't put it down, yeah. you know, you uh, you know, I got into this project, I didn't go today. And then it happens the next day, and then it happens the next day. And mm. all right, I have a question for you, Ellie. Um, when you let's say, um, and I know the answer for me, but for you, if there's like let's say a weekend where there, like the weekend after Christmas, where you're probably eating a bunch of food, maybe having a couple extra drinks and whatnot, and then you sit at the computer to do work, versus having a, a, a regular week week routine where you're like you're doing your exercise you're you're eating your avocado toast etc how do you feel sitting at the computer doing art just like physically do you feel more productive or less productive mm. when you are um under those two different circumstances i would say i'm less productive i i think because i'm especially like if we're talking like the christmas period i <laughs> normally have like it's about 10 days off like and so to then be completely like what's nice about like christmas and 10 days off is you completely switch off mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and right. it may i guess it's, it's perhaps different for someone who's like a freelancer or works in a studio that knows they have potentially still a deadline or work to do mm-hmm. but for me everything is sort of like we tie everything up in december and then mm-hmm. we have that nice break where you do just have family time have friend time not thinking about work and mm-hmm. so that first day back it's really strange because even though you've like you're maybe rested depending on how wild you are like Mm -hmm. normally i'm very not rested after the christmas break because it's like christmas and new year and so i come back and i'm normally a little bit more tired i'm a little bit more out of the flow of my kind of like working routine and normally like i've probably been lying in a little bit more a couple of late nights sort of i have to get my it normally takes me probably the week to get back into the normal flow right. of sort of like getting up mm-hmm. and being like okay you're sitting down you've got to be productive or you mm-hmm. try and be productive for x number of hours of the day and so it's normally yeah like a a slower sort of start to mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. my year or after any any sort of break unless there's something exactly going on mm-hmm. sort of like that first week yeah but yeah what about you guys for me, I found I'm reading this one book right now called The Artist Way, um, and it talks about how to find your inner artist. And one of the things that re- it really leans into is treating yourself like a precious object, treating it well. And then I have a couple other books that are like when you eat high quality food, like high quality nutritious food, like um, fruits and vegetables and lean protein and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, the brain just works better, like versus when you're eating. Um, uh, orange chicken and McDonald's fries and whatever else. You, I, I don't know, but I just feel sluggish. Like when I, when I'm trying mm-hmm, to do yeah. my oh, yeah. my leg my leg press session or my leg day, and I'm I'm fueled up on a bunch of garbage. I'm like, oh god, this is this hurts. But when I'm like, I have high quality carb sources. It's um, not there's no sugar crash. I have just enough caffeine where it's not like um, 
jittery. Um, I feel really awesome. Yeah. So I don't know. For me, I I very much believe that when you treat your body well, you end up producing better work because you're you're fueling it with the resources it needs to um, uh, to function correctly. That's uh, what about I, you, Dave. I'm I'm a big fan of intermittent fasting for that reason because um, when I'm really on my diet and I'm doing that the intermittent fasting thing the energy level just stays the same all day mm-hmm. and I, that mm-hmm. applies to you know a number of different things but for and it's not the same for everybody either but um for me even if i am doing a low carb diet uh which i do a lot um if i eat in the afternoon i get that crash it doesn't matter if i'm eating broccoli or you know what it doesn't matter what it is i get that crash and it's just something about my own body, and I hate that feeling. I hate coming back from lunch, two in the afternoon, feeling sitting at the desk, trying to drink more caffeine to try and stay there, and you just want to take a nap. I, mm-hmm. I do not like that. And so my element, my best element, is the winter time when I take that you know two or three in the afternoon run, and I come back. I'm still not hungry because I'm still just on the high from running, you know. Mm-hmm. And I come back to the desk and I have energy. You get that, those endorphins that you get after running, and I just and I just go at it. You know, that's my mm-hmm. that's my favorite part. Um, mm-hmm. I, again, I know that's not for everybody doing the intermittent fasting or even doing low carb, but um, just and wh- however you can maintain an energy level that doesn't make you crash, I think mm-hmm. is because there's nothing worse than being tired and trying to work on a project, especially yeah. a client project that you have to get done. Mm-hmm. So. I've found that with uh, health and fitness is that there is no recipe for everyone. Everyone right. is different. Everyone has their own little thing that makes them the most successful and productive, productive and happy. Um, yeah. Ellie, what do you think is your number one thing that like keeps you um, really just happy with your overall lifestyle? Oh, what we if we're still talking like fitness and everything? It could be I, anything. Or anything. I mean, oh what God, keeps you in your flow there's, state? There's a lot of like, things. you know, the flow state when you're you're talking about when you're leaning into the computer, like what would it, what would interrupt that that you stay away from that to to keep that from happening? So, mm, I think I think the thing that I like to avoid, this is like gonna be a really like weird answer, but when I'm in that flow state, I avoid kind of like social media or mm. messages or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, because That's good. that, like, I know that's like, like I could just quickly check a message, it takes five seconds, or I could check like an Instagram DM or whatever. But if I'm doing that every single time I get one or I have one, that would equate to so right. many interruptions. And it does, and it stops your flow. And if we're talking like when I'm, when we're in a flow, if we're creating something or when we have a deadline, yeah, I very much like at the moment now, my phone, like I've not got my watch on, so I haven't got yeah. my notifications coming through. My phone is down. And I don't have like the the urge or the need to to look at it. Um, so that's probably the thing. If we're talking something that I avoid, that's definitely when I'm busy is something that I avoid. So if people do DM me on Instagram, because I'm very like open, like please like message me your questions. If I'm not replying, it's because I'm very much into something and I'm this far away from the screen. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, it's it's every 
every blip and boop and bing and notification icon is a distraction. And there's nothing wrong with yeah. saying, hey, I'm only going to check my email when I decide to check my email, not mm. every time it beeps, yeah. because it might just be some new random newsletter, you know, that came mm. in, you know, from something and you're like, you don't need to look at that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I almost have like times of the day. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't like this isn't like my definite like I wouldn't like not reply to like family or something if I'm doing something important. Right. But if I was to reply like on like work related Instagram things, I have like a period of time of my day or my week that I will then respond to those. And I do the same like with a lot of like so the important team like we we deal with teams at Maxon the important teams messages I reply straight away but there are some that I will then have like the time of my day and the same with emails I have certain times of my day so I know Mm -hmm. almost when I'm going to be in cinema when I'm going to be productive when I'm doing a live show that these things do not matter to me unless it's like an urgent important thing that comes in Mm -hmm. which is, is quite a nice way to live I think that's uh, I think that's your official life hack for for our MoGraph recommend segment. I think that's a good life hack. So you won't have yeah. to think of one when we get to that question. So um, she might have yeah. another good yeah. one like the French yeah. toast or grilled that's cheese true, one. The grilled but... cheese. Let's do that actually. Let's let's go through it. Um, I don't think I gave you these ahead of time, so these might be a surprise. We'll kind of lightning round it here. Um, <laughs> but these are the things that uh, you know influence you i think some of these we're gonna we're gonna have a good idea now of what the answers are gonna be um and these can be like favorites recently or all time it doesn't matter you can just bring up whatever we already saw that um um that kevin did reply and say he loves breaking bad in the wire in the chat so we got that covered um so we'll start with your your favorite movie oh god um doesn't have to be Marvel. Well, it is going to be, but to right. choose which one... Oh, mm. okay. Uh, original Captain America. All right. Okay. Like, first that's legit. America. Yeah, 100%. That's a fantastic film. Okay. That's no. a tough... That's that's tough question to answer, though. Yep. Now, I'm okay. wondering if this next one is going to be similar, because this is favorite TV show. Oh, ooh, okay. Got like a WandaVision really, or something to go, you know what I mean? Like, okay, WandaVision was incredible, but if I'm talking about what I watch probably most frequently, mm-hmm. oh, it's a toss-up. The oh, Simpsons. You can two. The Simpsons? Simpsons? Okay. Oh, the yes. Simpsons. Love it. Yep. I do yep. love Rick and Morty. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But Simpsons, I'm really watching like, because it's so it's one of those things that I don't need to concentrate I don't mm-hmm. like if I miss one I'm not going to like cry about it if I'm making my dinner it can just be on and yeah yeah, yeah. okay big fan seasons 1 through 10 are the best but you know originals are the best yeah absolutely um the next one is favorite music Oh god, this is uh, this is also a really hard question. So just to clarify, mm-hmm. alongside 3D, music is probably it's probably on par with how much I love the oh, two. Okay. That's how much I love music. Play the guitar as well. Um, oh, nice. So yeah, I got one down here. Okay, so I'm gonna go. 
tech house is probably my favorite but i do love like acoustic pop music so you have I could listen some people, artists but... yeah list some people yeah. so you get some context yeah okay so tech house wise um or like um, gen- any generic house uh bicep Okay. is who I listen to quite a lot at the moment. Bicep, yeah. And then acoustic, pop punk, Jack Garrett and Tom Grennan. Mm-hmm. Do you, eight, do you have guys. different things you listen to when you're working as opposed to just around the house? Yes. So I have... So I, I'm one of these weird people where I don't like to mix genres in the same playlist. Yes. So in my head, I love like genuinely love like a whole wide range of music but i don't like if i'm in the car or if i'm listening to a playlist i don't want it to go from like house to acoustic like that's not like Mm -hmm. i can't be like dancing around the kitchen then suddenly someone's doing some emotional piano i can't can't have that titanic comes on yeah Yeah. but i do love them for different purposes so like i i have yeah i've got like playlists for the different playlists for the gym different playlists for running because like I don't know, do like weights and sprints and hip stuff versus having a nice little 5k jog yeah different different mood stuff at work um sometimes i, I put the radio on because it's nice to have because i'm on my own in the day it's nice to have mm-hmm. like another person talking mm-hmm. so sometimes i'll just yeah. stick like the radio on um in the car depends what i'm doing if i'm getting psyched for football some dance house music if we're yeah. driving back from football we've lost it's some acoustic music (laughs) (laughs) do you listen to podcasts um yes i i suppose i can say it my dad wrote a porno have you Mm, okay no that sounds familiar though have okay if you have not listened to my dad wrote a porno basically it's three people in the uk and they're i think they're like one's a comedian one's a radio presenter they're all like relatively like celebrity kind of people mm-hmm. um and one of them's dad genuinely at the age of like 60 or 70 has started writing like erotic yeah literature okay yeah. okay and this man is not a writer he's just doing a this dude. story okay. Okay. and basically what they do is they read out a chapter on this podcast for the first time so that none of them have ever heard it oh, and it man. is to the point where i used to listen to it on when i used to drive to work and i would be in tears like laughing in tears in yeah. traffic because it was like honestly i'd seriously recommend it it is the funniest thing not only their comments but apparently like the punctuations all like wrong like there was one <laughs> chapter that i think one chapter had like no no punctuation there was like no full stop oh, and weird. so it's like all of that and they comment on it and the story itself is just hysterical and it's become mm. this massively popular thing in the uk and i think there's now like there's like another book now and it's <laughs> yeah i'd recommend it okay okay and sean has a good question here who do you support football wise Who's your team? So my family's team are Crystal Palace. So it's a London team. So all my, yeah, all my mum's side of my family, which is quite a big one. So let me just open the blind a little bit. So yeah. Yeah. um, Forgot it's getting late there. Crystal Palace. Get a bit dark. It's like eight, what is it? Eight o'clock there almost? Uh, Something like that? uh, Yeah. Ten two. Yeah. This is okay. We'll do it. Yeah. So Crystal Palace. Eagles. 
Now, <laughs> if you pick up your phone and your muscle memory hits an app, what app is that? Oh, oh. um, TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Same. <laughs> love a bit. Love it. I don't have it on my phone anymore. So good. Yeah. I probably shouldn't because I can just sort of have a little. Oh gosh, it. I get caught up it, for hours. Yeah, yeah that's my that's my go-to. <laughs> yeah. I learn a lot though. I learn about I learn a lot about 3D and you know all that kind of stuff on it and audio and um, what about plugin N- non-render engine plugin? What is your favorite plugin? Are you contractually obligated to say like Red Giant? <laughs> <laughs> No, let's let's not do a yeah. Maxon thing. Outside so, of Maxon, yeah. Outside of Maxon, favorite plugin X Particles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, That's um, a comment. Oh, uh, favorite video game. Oh, um, Fortnite. Oh, okay. really? Okay. I'm playing a lot of Fortnite at the moment, so I'm going to say Fortnite. Right. And yeah. my mates are now really into it, so we play squads a lot. I was playing nice. last night, actually. I, I hear that it's better now that they've gotten rid of all the building in the regular... Yes, I level. play no build. Yeah. Like, fair play to those people who do, but right. if you're building, like, the Eiffel Tower, I'm just going to run the other direction. Right. That's a whole nother thing. That's a, that's a whole nother game right there, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, people yeah. were so good at that, and I was like, I don't want to do that. I just want to shoot people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah. So since no build, I've got really into it again. Yeah, um, yeah I love it. A bit of Fortnite. I do like FIFA as well, though. Got to just shout out a little footballer well, of course. Footballer in me. That's a bit of FIFA. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then what about, uh, do you have another life hack you want to add in there? By any chance, you you had uh, well you, okay. So we always give the example that Mitch Myers gives, which is turn the toaster on its side for some bomb ass grilled cheese. And so you know you were talking about like some some real hardcore life hacks before, but do you have any any funny life hacks or more kind of off the beaten path life hacks? I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'd class as as a life hack. I mean the 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 non notification thing. I think feels like a really good life hack. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Like I'll yeah, yeah take my watch off as well to mm-hmm. sort of not have my notifications because you do. You just you look because of course you do because it buzzes yeah. and then you're like oh maybe I should reply to that. So Every that, that's bit. probably yeah. Yeah. That's probably my main one. And I guess one that isn't like this isn't really like a actual life hack. This is just like something that I do in life is not to be too obsessed about all of these things that like Mm -hmm. we've all been talking about. Like it's very easy to become obsessed with work or obsessed with like eating healthy, obsessed with like Mm -hmm. um, fit and exercise. But realistically, everything in moderation and accepting that and dealing with that and not getting because stress is probably the worst like stress and worry is probably worse for you than having like a Mackey's or McDonald's sorry Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. shorthand (laughs) Um, so not to yeah I think not to be too kind of like it's all balance nice bit of balance and then and then like then things don't really matter as much like if you've eaten healthy one day but you didn't exercise then you're still good Mm -hmm. if you're doing those things and you ate a takeaway and you feel great about it you do you that's good yeah. yeah 
One of the, I have a, one uh-huh. other question um, to add to this list. Favorite exercise? Ooh. Favorite exercise? Ooh. I mean, my favorite one will be one that I probably hate because it actually does more. Leg press. So I did like I did some serious gymming <laughs> last Monday, and mm-hmm. I genuinely like I couldn't walk for okay. like three days. Do not recommend. But yeah, leg press, love it. Okay, uh, are we talking like a standard like Cybex leg press, or are we talking hack squat, or are we talking like <laughs> there's different types of leg press? I know some of those. Oh words. God. Oh God, I do not know those words. I'm talking <laughs> one where you like you put the weights on and it's like here, oh, you're like, okay, my yeah, yeah. Stand, and yeah, I'm sort yeah, of like sort press. of like leant back, and then I have yeah. to pull the bar and do yeah. it, the yeah. manual bar. Yeah, that yeah. one. That's the standard one. Because then I feel like I'm laying down, exercising. Yeah. So it's like it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got a good um, another kind of life hack thing. Um, and and I'm sure you know anyone listening has probably heard of the the whole idea before of like using the timer when you're working, right? And mm-hmm. I've heard of it before. I tried it here and there, like with something on my computer. Um, you know, it's something. If you've ever watched a presentation, uh, Max on when when uh, Beeple is on, and he sets a timer, and he's like, "Nope, we got we got 45 minutes. Here we go." And he starts that timer. You know, he's doing he's doing things in in chunks and sections. Um, you know, I'm really enjoying this idea right now, and I'll I'll, I'll tell you what kind of got me on it. It was a TikTok that was showing off this device, and I just really liked it. And it's this timer, and it looks like a a, a Nest, you know, one of the one of the thermostats that you have on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like a Nest, and what's cool about it is you turn the ring on the outside. If you turn it fast, it turns the minutes. If you turn it slow, it does. It does. It will do the seconds, and you can adjust the seconds. And you start it, and every time you, every time it finishes, it resets back to that time, and you just hit the button and you go again. So, I've been using two different times. Um, one of them is based on a concept that uh, humans really are only good at doing tasks for about twenty minutes at a time. So if I'm doing these generic tasks, checking emails, doing all of this, I will start the twenty-minute timer. What it does is keeps me aware of how much time I'm consuming and how much time I'm wasting. You know, um, mm-hmm. if I'm in a flow state kind of a thing where I'm working on my own personal art or I'm, you know, leaning forward into the screen in cinema 4D, I will do 45 minutes because I feel like you need 45 minutes to really get into something in, in, mm-hmm. in art or whatever. If you're in the flow state, your 45 minutes is up, you're still into it, immediately hit the button again, do another 45 minutes. If you're not going to do another 45 minutes, get up, take a break, do your thing. But I'm telling you, I've just been sitting here hitting that button over and over, and it has been, I don't know, it's it's been really great for me. I'm, send me the link. I might buy one. All right. It's yeah, only 15 bucks. Yeah. Okay. I saw it on TikTok. Uh, I didn't click the link. I just went to Amazon and found it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll have to look up the name here. And, and uh uh, Sean says Pomodoro technique. Maybe that might be it. I I don't remember. It's been so long. Uh, Pomodoro timer. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, there's yeah, there's something that you can get for your computer, but there's something about having the the physical timer. And it's on the desktop. It looks cool. It's easy to con- easy to control. I'll try and see right here on Amazon right now if I can find the name of it. It is. 
called <laughs> I want it because it looks cool that's why yeah. I buy things <laughs> it's so funny the way that they do titles of things on Amazon this is kitchen timers comma digital classroom timer for kids large magnetic LED countdown timer with constant light function Jeez. for classrooms quiet for children and teachers that's what it's called uh, the brand is Bosai, B-O-S-A-I. So if you look that up on Amazon, you could probably find it. But I'm telling you, it's a cool little thing. Apparently, it's magnetic. I didn't realize that. Uh, what was, was the brand cool. you said? Bosai, B-O-S-A-I. Uh-huh. Rotary countdown timer. It's just it's just a perfect little timer. Got it. I love it. Love it. Got it. So, Yeah. Bye All right, now. y'all, I am about to go on vacation, and uh, so I think uh, we're going to wrap it up and uh, get out of here. Ellie, thank you so much for, for being on the show today and sharing your sharing your world with us and your experience and uh, giving us some insight on what goes on at Maxon. And, um, no, thank you so much for having me on. It's been great time with you guys. Yeah. Uh, if people want to find you on the internets, where can they find you? so instagram is is my sort of go-to and mm-hmm. i'm it was ellie so at it was ellie it was ellie ellie with a y and it still is ellie <laughs> and it is <laughs> yeah so that is yeah that's where people are more than welcome to drop me a dm message me on there if you've got any questions or anything want to see tutorials or you know topic suggestions just let me know and yeah I'm pretty pretty active on there, but you know, not when I'm this close to a screen. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be seeing you at Seagraph uh, as well. That'll be fun. Yeah, check out all the I'll sites there. there. That'll be cool. And um, and Jags, thanks for filling in for Matt today as well. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad I could uh, help fill the seat. And uh, Ellie, it was really good to uh, catch up with you. Hopefully, we can maybe work on something soon, or at least hang out and. Uh, Maybe we can do a leg training session together, and then you can take me to do some sprints afterwards. And then that sounds great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a great day. Yeah, no, it was great to hang with you too, Jags. Again, it was yeah. lovely. Yeah, and Jags, uh, what are your what are your socials too for people? Uh, at John Jagsney, pretty much just across the board. Um, Twitter, Instagram, by me. I, I have I've deleted all social media off my phone. I have been so invested in learning character animation stuff right now that I'm just like, get it away from me. I'm nice. going to go into a hole and come out with a bunch of new skills. So I have not yeah. been very active as of late because I'm just like trying to figure out some uh, more high level technical stuff, and uh, yeah. social media is not conducive to that. So yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. I've been I've been apologizing to a lot of people lately because I'll come back and someone sent me a, a message like weeks ago on social or whatever. It's, mm-hmm. it's not that I don't want to talk to you. Uh, I, I do want to talk to you. It's just sometimes I don't check it as often as I did. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we're going to get out of here. You can rate us on iTunes, leave a review on uh, your podcatcher of choice. Helps get our ratings up. You can subscribe to all the things on there and, you know, give us, give us a shout. Info at MoGraph.com. Uh, you can say you've been there, done that, got the T-shirt with the MoGraph logo T, the Paul Bab Fuel the Bab 2020 shirt. All the profits from that go to Doctors Without Borders. The Render Things T-shirt, hoodie, and long sleeve tee, the uh, MoGraph Blandishment shirt. And uh, the, that render is Fire shirt, which you are only allowed to wear ironically, unless you're shams. <laughs> and uh, we are on YouTube, MoGraph.com. Check us out there for all the latest on uh, schedules and things like that. And uh, check out MoGraph TV. 
if you want to watch more 24/7 including many of the uh, many of the Maxon sessions the long Maxon sessions uh, play on on there as well so if you are uh, bored on a on a weekend or something put it on your TV you know and uh, and learn something instead of watching you know reruns of something you know it's a lot more educational um, if you're at work if you if you're in a studio or something you know you know put it on we'll keep you company you know check out a maxon presentation check out uh one of our reruns of our shows check out some of jag stuff jag's stuff is on there too and uh you know if you're feeling down feeling lonely have a friend right there yeah so <laughs> that about wraps it up until next time uh i'm dave i'm jags i'm la have a good one later yo <laughs> Pretty good, I guess. MoGraph.com, an online resource for motion graphic artists. Start your week with the MoGraph podcast. Industry news, interviews with your favorite artists, and terrible humor. Watch live shows and interviews from MoGraph events like NAB, SIGGRAPH, HALFRES, and local meetups. <laughs> Our MoGraph talks feature live demos and motivation from artists all around the world. Sometimes you got to make stuff that you're not going to put on your reel, and I'm not here to judge. What if Rick and Morty show up for the countdown at midnight? That's where I peaked in life, in my career. we got to stop this thing, Rick! It's going to kill us all! Hear from the people that create your software, design your render engines, and artists that are changing the face of modern motion graphics. Can you get that render done? Yeah, you better frame frame what? MoGraph tutorials and online classes will teach you about Cinema 4D, After Effects, as well as other popular software and render engines. Throw in the HDR Studio, take the render settings, pick the HDR, put a reflection, and gorgeous. Branch into new software. Learn time-saving tips, techniques, workflows, and lessons that'll keep you up to date in the world of motion design. Oh, brother, those are some of my favorite elves. I love projects that scare me. When our art director comes to us and asks for something that I had never done before, man, it gets me pumped. Join the conversation in our live sessions. Check out our plugins or join the hundreds of daily active users in our Slack channel for technical help, advice, contests, or just to joke around. Real nice banana. Ah, that's so funny. All right. I'm going to live forever. <laughs> Subscribe today and get the latest updates on our YouTube and other social media channels. Take all your dreams and just do it. We don't care how you get here, folks. Just get here. Subscribe to MoGraph.com.